Good morning, Rock Creek Church. Um, thanks for joining us online today. It's a bit crazy. Obviously, everything with the coronavirus is, is really kind of upended a lot of things in our in our world. So um, we're excited to, to be doing this and to still be doing church. So we hope that uh, wherever you're at, that you know that you are loved, that you are protected, that God is completely in all of this. But as we come to, uh, to still seek God this morning, just... Lean in, um, still worship, even if you're looking at a computer screen or a TV. Uh, still listen for his voice, and uh, let's continue to pursue God together as we navigate these, these waters. So let's sing in Christ alone.
next we're going to sing No Longer Slaves. Again, just a great song to sing in this time where a lot of people are afraid. Uh, and as Christians, we are set apart to live differently, to not succumb to fear, and to not give in to it. Of course, we are, we're taking precautions. Is obviously why we're doing service online. But we know that we serve a God who's ultimately reigned victorious over all of this already. So let's sing this song, No Longer Slaves. We're no longer slaves to our fear, but we're ultimately completely children of God.
Blessed Assurance. It's not one we've done at church uh, very often, if ever, um, but it's a great one, and you probably recognize the tune, but let's sing this together. This is a, it's a hymn about ultimately knowing that we belong to Jesus, that, that He is ours and we are His, and we can have utmost assurance that He is going to maintain us. He's going to preserve us from uh, a lot of different standpoints, but especially spiritually, knowing that our salvation is intact with Him. Watching 
This is my song Praising my Savior All the day long This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior All the day Jesus, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for all the ways you've been working in the midst of this, uh, these circumstances that our country finds itself in, our world finds itself in. I thank you for the ways that you've already used us as Rock Creek Church and a lot of the other Christians in the area to be the church, to reach out and to offer help. I just pray that this morning you would collectively bring us together, bring us our focus to you that more than anything, we would draw closer to you, be refreshed, that we would rally and be charged to go out and continue to do the things you've called us to do, to be your hands and feet. So speak to us through Brian. Uh, speak to us in our homes, through, through our computers, through our TVs, through our phones, through this, this service. And help us to know that you are close in the midst of all of this. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. All right. Well, good morning, church. Uh, glad you're tuning in for our worship service uh, here in my living room. So uh, hopefully you are gathered with your friends and family in your living room. And uh, so just picture uh, Josh Valdez roaming in the back of your kitchen, counting like he normally does. Uh, picture Karen Hoppus uh, knitting some kind of glove or a hat or some mittens uh, in there. Uh, expect one of my kids to run around and you'll just feel right at home. Uh, and so we, we really are glad that you've taken this opportunity to join us. Uh, we know it's different. Uh, we know it is stretching you a little bit, um, but we do trust that this is the church. We prayed uh, as we got ready to launch this and we just prayed that God would come, that his spirit would be present and that we would be able to enjoy him just like we would together. We might be in isolation together for a little bit, but we can still be relationally uh, the community, the family, the church. And so thank you so much uh, for uh, jumping on here. Want to continue to remind you though, we have a brand new website uh, that is the same URL. So you can just go to rockcreekchurch.org and it's a brand new website that allows us to do significantly more uh, interaction and provide more material than our previous website was able to do. And so really want to encourage you to check that out. Uh, at the very, very top is a Coronas uh, virus update from us as a church, kind of explaining things. If you haven't seen that already or read that in an email, you can check that out give you a little bit of an explanation of why we're doing things the way that we are, and also what we hope to accomplish during this unique season. Uh, you can also go under ministries and then base camp right here, right now. Uh, and that will have both the uh, children's ministry video, curriculum to teach. You're going to have to teach your kids. Uh, and it will also have a coloring page that you can print out and have your kids kind of doodle with that uh, during the rest of this service. And so we're going to be doing that on a regular basis. We'll even try and do some things that are more interactive during the week. Because if you're like me, you have kids home and you're like, what am I supposed to do with them? We're going to try and get to creative to give you some of those solutions. So make sure you check out the Basecamp Kids uh, page on our website. Uh, again, want to say thank you for being 
and flexible. Uh, I know some of you are not very tech savvy, and so maybe it took a long time to even figure out how to get to this. If you want to help other people, just have them go to our website. There's a big YouTube banner on the front page that'll take them to the YouTube site. They can subscribe, and then they'll be able to watch this on a regular basis. Uh, one of the really neat things that God had set up in advance for a situation like this, and we give him all the credit, is the elders had a shepherding and care plan in place prior to things really hitting. And that is where we kind of divided up everybody that regularly attends the church to the different elders for the specific person, uh, purpose to check in, see how you're doing, see if you're growing, see if you have any needs, and to see how we can come alongside you. And it just so happened that circumstances elevated the need for that, and we already had it in place. So be expecting a phone call. Uh, on the bottom of that uh, email on the front page of our website is all of everybody on staff, all the pastors, all of our cell phones, and all of the elders. If you need anything, groceries, someone to run errands, someone to help watch your kids, someone to watch your kids so you can go do something, please utilize those phone numbers so that we can care for you uh, in some unique ways. Uh, finally, before I pray and we jump into uh, this morning's message, I was able to join uh, a large gathering yesterday on a conference call with all the lead pastors and faith uh, leaders throughout the state of Colorado with Governor Jared Polis. And uh, again, it doesn't matter what your politics are at this point uh, in our culture or what you think of the man. Uh, he gathered with all the faith leaders uh, on a conference call, and we were able to hear from the state level, what they're doing, and an encouragement to us. And, and we could go into all kinds of statistics that he covered uh, on different places throughout the United States and different places throughout the world. Honestly, you can get that all in the news. Uh, it's not a whole lot new. Uh, and so you can do your own research. But here's what I wanted to capitalize on what uh, Governor Polis uh, said. He very specifically thanked faith leaders, uh, Christian church leaders, for what we do and what we offer. He went into great detail saying it's because of the church, it's because of faith leaders during any time of crisis, regardless of what you think politically and regardless of what you may think about faith, that during times of crisis, it's the church that rises up. It's the church that takes care of others. It's the church that cares. And it's interesting to listen to the governor being reliant on the church. And I just, I felt so encouraged listening to that. And I hope you're encouraged. One of the things he said, and one of the things that we are doing is look for your most susceptible to this illness, the elderly and those with respiratory issues, care for them, go get groceries for them, uh, shovel their driveways, take care of those people in your church, be the church for the most vulnerable. And without even saying it, he was speaking scripture. And I think there's an underlining theme to that, that when times of crises hits, the wiring that we have that God put on our hearts and our minds and our soul, it comes out naturally. 
and the church then rises up. And you're going to hear a little bit about that this morning. So one of the things that we've done is we're obviously a little under the state regulations. We have decided to be proactive and go above and beyond, which is why we've canceled things until the 29th. We'll be keeping you regularly updated on both social media. So if you don't follow us on Instagram and Facebook, please do so. Uh, you can also follow on the website. We'll be doing regular updates there as well. So anyway, a lot going on, a lot of good in the Mets in the midst of kind of scariness and unknown. There's still a lot of good and there's a lot of God. So I think that's all the announcements. Uh, I'm probably forgetting something, so we'll update later on, but uh, thanks. Let's pray together and then we'll jump in uh, to the message this morning. God, we uh, boy, we gather in homes, uh, we gather uh, over our phone, we maybe gather um, on the road, we gather and we trust that you are speaking, we trust that your spirit is guiding us in some unique ways, pulling us all together. There are families that are in their PJs and with coffee and, and food and they're gathered around the TV and watching, there's kids that are coloring the coloring pages and watching the videos, the lessons, but your church is still the church, not just here and now, but all throughout the week as we care and love others. And so our ask is that you would meet us right here, right now, in the presence of wherever we are. Uh, thank you. Thank you that you have the power and the authority and the means to do exactly that. And so we ask you um, to be glorified and honored as we open the scriptures. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm going to take a seat here. It's a little unique for me. Uh, if you uh, attend Rock Creek on a regular basis, oh my goodness gracious. Uh, if you attend Rock Creek on a regular basis, you know I can't sit still. Uh, you know that I walk up and down the stage. And so I'm going to try really hard not to knock things over and to stay seated uh, to give you a clear and concise uh, message uh, this morning. Uh, we've been in this series called Next, and really the idea of Next was kind of to share uh, a continuation of our mission statement and also uh, steps that we're hoping you as an individual, but also us as a church are going to take as we continue to take those next step. But the circumstances uh, really facing our world and, and our nation uh, demand a word from the Lord and a perspective. And so that's what we're going to kind of dive into um, this morning. What we, what we see when things happen in life is that the known and the unknown, um, they create or, or, or at least have the ability to create uh, fear and anxiety uh, and uncertainty and really places people in a position where they have to decide where they put their hope. And that's kind of where we find ourselves uh, this morning. For a lot of people, they put their hope in uh, government protecting them. They put their hope in whatever the news station tells them to. Uh, they put their hope into stocking up on toilet paper and hoarding things, uh, washing your hands, uh, doing self-quarantine and isolation, staying away from people. Um, and those aren't bad things. Hear me on that. Th those aren't necessarily uh, bad things. In fact, many of those are wise. And so we want to actually encourage uh, some of those. But for the follower of Christ, the question is, is there more? 
Is there more for that person who says, I follow Jesus Christ, I've given my life to him, I'm pursuing him, in the midst of crisis, in the midst of chaos, what does that look like? And that's not just coronavirus. That could be uh, difficulty in your kids, raising kids. It could be other health issues, financial problems, losing your job, death, divorce, uh, breaking up with a boyfriend or girlfriend, not getting into the college that you wanted to get into, all sorts of things. It begs the question of the believer, how are you going to respond? And so I've been spending a lot of time, quite honestly, sitting quiet listening to others, praying, reading the scriptures, and searching my heart on first as a follower of God, then as a husband and, and father, but, and then also as a pastor, what is my response? In fact, what is the response of the follower? Now, let me state the obvious. You know I'm not a medical expert. So I'm not going to spend a, any time, really, on the coronavirus. Uh, you can call up all the people in our church that know things about medical. In fact, call Michael Darnell. He knows everything there is to know about the coronavirus. He'll, he'll tell you everything. Um, but I do believe God has given me a message that's not just for me and it's not just for you. It's something that we can live out in the midst of our own world. So let's, let's jump into this. Uh, to start, let me be honest. I don't sometimes handle suffering uh, very well. At least I haven't uh, at times in my past. But I did have an opportunity several years ago, 12 years ago to be exact, uh, where I had a breakthrough by the grace of God. Um, I received a phone call that had told me um, that my grandma West, uh, who I was very close to, had passed away. And uh, that jarred my uh, innermost being. I was sitting in the front room of our home in California and as I sat there, I, I knew, I can vividly remember uh, thinking, I can respond two different ways. I can either uh, fall into the cycle of loss and insecurity and the unknown of what life's going to be like without someone who I dearly loved, or I could cling to my Savior, Jesus Christ. Naomi, who's now 18, was six years old at the time and she was sitting in my lap in the rocking chair. And I could either allow Naomi to, to see me fall apart or I could let her see me fall at the feet of Jesus. And in that moment, in, the, in that time of decision, it was almost as if time stopped. And then the Holy Spirit whispered this verse to me. If you want to turn with your Bibles to the book of Job, if you're new to the Bible, uh, it's roughly not, not quite halfway, maybe a little more than a quarter of the way um, in Job chapter one. I felt like the Spirit whispered this verse to me very, very specifically. It says this, the Lord gives and takes away. Let the name of the Lord be praised. I'll read it again. The Lord gives and takes away. Let the name of the Lord be praised. And the last thing I wanted to do was to praise God in that moment. My pain and my fear gripped me, and I did not feel like praising God. But, you know, I want my kids 
to know how to handle trouble and suffering in a healthy way, to, to handle the unknown in a way that's honoring to Christ. And, and I thought to myself, well, how is Naomi supposed to know what it is to, to handle pain and suffering if I don't show her? And so reluctantly, I cried. And I cried like a baby. I cried big time. And she sat in my lap and we rocked. And she held on to me and I held on to her. And I can remember with one arm raised and praising and the other arm around my little girl, I worshiped with all my might. Everything within me that I could muster, I praised. Some of it was forced. Tears uh, streamed down my face, but they weren't all tears of sadness. Hear this. They were tears of hope and trust and adoration for the fact that God gives and takes away and that he's in charge. And even as my tears streamed down my face, I praised that truth. And I can remember, I can, I can remember the song playing in the background, 10,000 Reasons, Bless the Lord. And as I listened, I praised. And since then, Mercy Me, if you haven't heard of Mercy Me, look them up on Spotify or, um, I don't know, whatever, whatever else you play music on, or go get the CD. I don't even know if they make CDs anymore, but look up Mercy Me. They wrote a song that has spoken to me several times uh, since then about hardship and loss. It's called Even If. So again, Mercy Me is the band Even If. And these are the words for this song that is just, Man, it speaks to my heart every time I hear it. Here's what it says. It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like, uh, like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire your mighty hand. And here's the catch of the song. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. You see this, this uh, song references the book of Daniel. So if you have your Bibles as a family, open up to the book of Daniel. It's like another inch uh, to the right. Um, Daniel is an Old Testament book in the Bible that talks about these three dudes named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can read their story at the beginning of the book of Daniel. These three men refused to worship a king uh, whose name was King Nebuchadnezzar. So side note, if you're looking for uh, a name to name your child, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm sure is free. But uh, King Nebuchadnezzar uh, was an evil, uh, large man. And these three men were faced with being thrown into uh, a blazing furnace uh, to scorch and burn people alive if they chose not to fall before him and worship him. And their response to the King Nebuchadnezzar is astounding. Here's what they say in Daniel chapter 3, starting at verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us 
from it, and he will rescue you, rescue us from your hand, O king. And here is the, one of the greatest places that, that we see a stand taken, a line drawn in the sand, and saying, no, I will not submit to, to the difficulty to, of this world around me. I will stand my ground because here's what it says. But even if he does not, even if he doesn't save us from the, sur- from the furnace, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. We will not bow down. And as I rocked Naomi that day, it was as if God was asking me, Brian, even if I don't rescue you from the pain that you're feeling in a way that you want to be rescued, will you still worship me right here and right now? You see, one of the tactics of the enemy, and this is important for you to know both as a parent and as just a Christ follower, but one of the tactics of the enemy is to create circumstances that will cause us to look for hope and encouragement and saving and being rescued and relief from something or someone other than God. And that situation can look different for every single person. But we all are in that position of where do we turn when things are at their worst or what we perceive to be their worst. We see it in creation with Adam and Eve. We see it in God's people when Moses was away up at the top of the mountain and he comes down and sees what they've turned to. We see it in the Israelites in their wanderings. We see it with the disciples on the boat as the waves are crashing and they're freaking out. We see it in the temptations of Jesus and many, many other places throughout Scripture. God's people are in a place where they have to decide what are we going to do when we are pushed to the fire? What are we going to lean on? What are we going to hold our hope on to when we are pushed to the brink of being broken? And you see, I'm convinced God orchestrates things perfectly. There's no mistakes. There's no coincidences. There's no oops. It is all part of God's perfect plan. And that day when my grandmother passed away, later on in the day, later on that night, I opened my Bible. And God knows when we underline a verse, when we highlight in a verse, he knows we're going to use that later for something that he has purposed. And I opened my Bible and I read this in Psalm chapter 34, verse 18. It says, the Lord is close to those whose hearts have been broken. And for me, in that moment, my heart was broken. And then it goes on and says, he saves those whose spirits have been crushed. And not only was God there for me, but he opened an opportunity to show Naomi God's strength in my weakness. You see, I could have just pretended like I was strong. I could have pretended like I had all the answers. But in my weakness, he was strong. My daughter, 18 years old, about to go to college next year, could sense that I was hurting, that I had received bad news, that something wasn't right. And it gave me an opportunity to talk about what it really means to trust and to lean into God when things are difficult, to trust God even when he doesn't fix things the way that we think they ought to be fixed. 
So please understand something. I don't think suffering well or going through hardship well necessarily means that you don't cry or get angry or have anxiety or get frustrated. I don't think that's what the Bible means of handle suffering well. Those are real and very natural responses when life hits us. It simply means that you bring your tears and your anger and your unknown and your anxiety and your questions and your sadness and your frustration, you bring that all before the feet of Jesus and you trust them into his care. It's not that we don't have them. It's what do you do with them? It means praising God when your circumstances almost make it impossible to muster up authentic praise. But here's something, please, if you hear nothing else, hear this. Often, It's not where you are at the conclusion of your trial, of your bad circumstance, of your world disaster, of your coronavirus, of your divorce, of your being out of work. It's not where you are at the conclusion of it. It's where you are in the center of it that matters. When you're right in the thick of it, that's what matters. That's what uh, unveils your character. What we do in our challenges can often become a bigger testimony to those who are watching us rather than if we just proclaim our accomplishments when it's all said and done. Uh, Turn with me to the book of Acts, uh, Acts chapter 16. We're going to read here in just a little bit, but uh, go ahead and open your Bibles to that. Again, if you're new, it's in the New Testament, second part of the Bible, about halfway through, so about a quarter of of the Bibles left, you'll get to the book of Acts. This is the chapter in Acts. uh, It talks about Paul's mission to spread the gospel. But for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit actually prevented Paul and and his buddies from going to certain towns. You can read about that at the very beginning of Acts chapter 16. And then Paul has this dream that tells him they're supposed to go to Macedonia. Okay, I'm not going to get into interpreting dreams because I have no idea how to interpret dreams. See Alex Rowan, he's an expert on that. See, I'm just farming out expertise left and right. So see Alex when that, but it says when Paul gets there, again, acting on a dream, when Paul listens to the dream and gets to Macedonia, he falsely gets accused, gets severely flogged and thrown into prison. So far, not so good for Paul, but he's listening to the spirit. And Paul had every right in that moment to be frustrated and scared and angry and unknown of what in the world is going on in my world and the world around me. Why would God send me to a town only for me to be beaten and in prison? But here's the deal. God knew something that Paul didn't. Paul was suffering. There's no doubt about that. He was going through difficult circumstances. No doubt about that. But it's what Paul did with his sufferings that made the difference. And that's when God can do his best work. When whatever's happening in our life, we allow God to do with it what he chooses, and that's when God operates best. The way Paul suffered that night in the prison cell affected generations to come. Check out what it says in these verses. We're going to start at verse 25 and go through verse 34. When we look at these verses, take note about how many different people are affected by Paul's choice in his response to the circumstances that he has faced. Here's what what we read. 
About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. We're in verse 25. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he threw his sword and he was about to kill himself because he was in deep trouble. That's my version. But he says it's because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights and he rushed in and then he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and then immediately he and all of his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before all of them, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. I don't know if you caught that. Listen, because Paul chose to suffer well, because Paul chose to go through a difficult experience in culture, in the world around him, and for him personally, because Paul chose to do that well, that difficult, scary, painful, disrupting, unknown circumstance well, the prisoners, the jailer, and the jailer's entire family were changed. And who knows how many more generations after that were affected because Paul chose to honor God in his suffering that night. It's crazy. I have grown a lot in my suffering. I've learned to do it a little bit better. I admit I've, I've struggled at times to know how to praise God in the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain. But I have gotten a glimpse of how God can work in those moments. And I hope that I'm more likely to run to Jesus during times like this when the flames of life close in around me than to run to something else. And I hope this encourages you to seek God today. As a family, to seek God today, to seek the good, to seek the opportunities, to praise him in your sorrows and in your unknown. When it seems like the world around you is crumbling, the Christ follower keeps their eyes looking up. Because you might not know who's going to be impacted by how you respond. Finally, I want to look at Psalm chapter 22, verses 4 and 5. It says this, They trusted and you rescued them. They cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. Friends, the world around us are looking at Christians to see how we will respond today. They're looking to see who really is a Christian, what really is a Christian. They're looking to see what's the heart of the believer. You might not want it. You might not want to be watched, but you are. And whether you like it or not, you will have an impact on those around you. I have a question. Where's your peace? 
Where is your hope? Where is your strength? How are you handling this situation that we find ourselves in differently from those around you? Does it, your response, cause those around you to ask, how are you remaining so calm? Where do you get your peace? Why are you so settled? Does it cause questions? When when the waves are crashing against the boat, are you going to be the disciple that freaks out? Or are you going to be the disciple that says, we're good, God's got this? Because it's in these moments, and guess what? They may get worse. They may get better tomorrow, but they may get worse. And if they do get worse, or even if they remain the same, It is our hope, it's our focus that allows us to say the words, it is well with my soul. Not just a a, a peripheral statement, not something that's not personal. It is truly something that goes, no matter what happens, no matter what's going on in the world around me, it is truly well with my soul. And I just admit to you, sometimes that's hard. I've had to turn off the news lately because it's not well with my soul if I watch the news. But it is well with my soul if my eyes are on Jesus. Brother Lawrence wrote, and I'll ask Alex to to come up. We're going to kind of go into some worship here uh, towards the end. But Brother Lawrence in the 1600s, he wrote uh, a, a great book called Practicing the Presence of God. If you haven't read it, um, it's old, it's old English writing. They, they probably have some updated versions, but Brother Lawrence wrote this, Practicing the Presence of God. Here's what he says. There is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. Those only can comprehend it who practice and experience it. God is present here, now. Experiencing God's presence brings healing, peace, connection. But like any other relationship, experiencing God's presence takes practice. Brother Lawrence writes. I don't know if he was considered a prophet, but boy, his words ring true from the 1600s to the year 2020. And if you haven't been practicing the presence of God, it's time to start. It's time to start individually. It's time to start as a family. It's time to start as a community. We say all the time here at Rock Creek Church, this isn't a game. This isn't a PTA, it's not a club gathering. This is life, life for the rest of eternity. It matters. So my encouragement to you is yes, be safe. Yes, wash your hands. Yes, do elbow bumps and foot bumps. Limit hugs and limit handshakes. Be smart about where you go. Yes to all of that. Stay vigilant. But rest in the hope of your anchor, Jesus Christ. 
for he and he alone is where we place our hope and he and he alone is our only foundation so be encouraged church and if you need anything at all or if those around you need anything neighbors friends co-workers strangers be the church start facebook pages that care for others go around to neighbors and ask if they need to go sh uh, grocery shopping and that you'll do it for them write notes make phone calls be the church what a unique opportunity we have in this situation to truly love not love pointing a finger of what's right and what's wrong but to just love unconditionally let's not miss it thanks for tuning in we're going to worship here in a moment let me pray for us and then we'll get back on alex and conclude our time but thank you uh, and God bless you. God bless Rock Creek Church. God bless the kingdom of God. And God bless our world. And be with us all through this time. And let us not submit to fear. Because God has already conquered that. Let's pray. So God, we love you. We praise you and worship you. Uh, we thank you for your scriptures that just speak directly to us and give us hope. They give us answers. They give us direction. Help each of us in our own ways to answer uh, those scripture passages to the context of the culture that we're faced with. We are no longer slaves to fear. We are children of God, and I'm so thankful for that. Please take care of our family, our faith family and our greater family. And we promise to keep our eyes on you and praising you in all times. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. respond to that message with uh, professing our faith in Christ who is our solid rock. Like Brian was saying, if we look to anything else at this season, or really in any season in life, with our hope, with our trust, anything in this world, another person, a government, <laughs> ourselves, whatever we look to is going to be flimsy. It's not going to stand up, but Christ will always stand up. He is our solid rock.
church i hope that this service was a blessing to you uh, hope that it's an encouragement to you we charge you to go today and be the church find ways to serve reach out stay in community um, we have amazing tools at our fingertips to to stay connected so continue to pursue god praise him and serve him and uh, peace be with you and we'll, we'll uh, continue to update you as we go but whether we see you in person or not, we'll see you online next week. Mm -hmm.